Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was a bouncing and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. What's up, guys? This is episode number. Damon, is it 56, 57? Do we know? Uh, I believe it's 56. Is it 56? All right. Episode number 56. Check just to make sure. Yep, we're checking. We're checking. We're getting there. 56 56 of the always race day podcast i'm connor ferguson here with damon helgewald as always we are presented by the carl auto group if you need a car to get you to the grocery store uh over to adventureland to go ride some roller coasters maybe to a mini golf course to put some balls into some holes you call yeah, the Carl Auto Group. That's <laughs> an explanation of mini golf. I wasn't even like going for that. And it just <laughs> came out of my mouth. I feel bad. <laughs> Thank you, Carl Auto Group, for uh, being the presenting sponsor, though. Uh, you guys are awesome. We uh, love partnering with the Carl Auto Group. If you need a car, please go to carlauto.com uh, and check them out. They will get you taken care of, and you'll come out of the dealership looking just as clean as you were going into the dealership. No dust, no dirt on you. Now, if you take it to Knoxville this weekend, you might have a little bit of dust and dirt. I will say, though, if you take a Carl Auto Group car to Knoxville and you run it as a push truck, you will come out just as clean. As long as you stay in the car, I guarantee you the interior of that car will not be dirty. That's true. Go to to CarlAuto.com, get that figured out, and uh, tell them thank you uh, for partnering with us and allowing us to be what we can be. Uh, and we have a great episode coming up for you guys. We have two guests on today, Grant Enfinger, driver of the number 23 GMS Racing uh, NASCAR Truck Series truck uh, that he'll be racing at Knoxville this week. We also have an LGBTQ uh, ARCA driver making her debut. Uh, she used to drive a spec Miata. Uh, her name's Rita Thomason. Uh, you guys are going to love the interview. It went just about an hour long. Um, she's very interesting, very fun to talk to. Uh, we cover a lot of different points um, and a lot of important po- uh, points and kind of topics we got into. So I think you guys are going to love that. Um, we got both of them on today. So super double guest mega episode here to preview the weekend for y'all. Full show for sure. Damon, uh, I did mention it during the one of the interviews, uh, Damon went to the Cardinals game last night. How was that, man? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really hot where we were sitting cause we were sitting right into the sun, but, um, it was, it was a lot of fun, especially being a Royals fan. It was kind of different seeing a full stadium on a Wednesday night. So, um, it was, it was pretty fun. A lot of, a uh, lot of cool things went and checked out like their, um, main hub, when you got there, you know, where everybody kind of goes and hangs out. And that was uh, pretty cool for the most part. So 
Yeah, free tickets, free tickets, and free baseball is free baseball, right? Absolutely. I want to get down to a game there because it looks super nice. It's like it is really cool. Very, Bush, I don't want to admit that. <laughs> it, I know. And Bush Stadium is pretty cool. Um, that was the first time I've ever been to Bush Stadium was last night. So um, it was pretty cool because, you know, you obviously you've got all the scenery in the backdrop with you know the arch and all the all the buildings and stuff but it's like some of the buildings are apartment complexes and there's people sitting out on the patios watching the game and stuff i wonder where they got that idea from well that's a good idea but i'm guessing they're also not paying normal rent for that that spot either so that's okay they when buddy first took over the cubs that the guy that ruined it i don't even want to give his name clarification i've been so hard you mean, on... you mean the guy that you uh you basically you should have just added on twitter last night i wish i could add him on twitter i don't think he even has a twitter <laughs> he probably doesn't you're probably He's such right. a low life loser like <laughs> oh I, hey, like, I, I i'm was... thinking about like i was just like i want to go to bush stadium sometime and then i thought to myself like i gotta wait until this guy sells the team so the cubs can be competitive when i go yeah they're there there two or next weekend yeah, I think they're in town next weekend, actually. See, if I wasn't at Houston's, I'd go. It's true. But if I wasn't at Houston's and you said, come down for this Cubs game, you got to pay for the tickets, I'd be like, I'm not paying anything. I'm not paying to, to watch that guy's, that guy's product. I'm not paying to watch the Cubs. You're better off paying like $10 and go and watch the Iowa Cubs because those will be the actual Cubs in a couple of years. I don't, I don't even know about that, man. Like how much I, we, we keep trading for farm system stuff. And it's like, if we're promising one world series every 10 years and then you rebuild, like, I still hate that. Like what Actually, you have a big market team be at the top every year. It's not, base, there's no base, salary cap. Yeah. Especially for big market teams. There's not Look just at, go the, pay your players based on, uh, Based on the way recent trends have gone, they're actually looking for one World Series every 108 years. So, well, I got no, I got that. I'm just, it's he's um, trying to rebuild like he rebuilt the last time, and the last time we sucked. Like that's why you need to rebuild. The last time he rebuilt was he also had Theo Epstein in his back pocket. Yeah, the the guy behind the brains of who's good at baseball and not exactly. Now we got guys that you've never heard of and you didn't even think would be good at baseball because he's not trying to get good at baseball. It's terrible. Hey, it's you you could be like the Royals who had literally nobody leave, add a couple of pieces, and your bullpen's still trash. Well, here's the thing the Cubs had uh Wade Davis from the Royals. I know. Trust yeah. me. He didn't lose a single he didn't have one blown save, Damon, the entire season. The Cubs did not re-sign him. I know he didn't. Like, uh, it's a waste of a space, man. It's just painful. It's just, like no one should waste their time playing for the Cubs. Wilson Contreras is basically, dude, he hit two home runs in a game the other day and then pointed to his last name on the back of his jersey. Like he has to prove that he's worth being paid to play there. It's it's depressing. And I've now gone off the rails on a racing podcast about my favorite <laughs> baseball team because this guy's such an ass at running the organization. I think people understand. I think they understand. I'm just frustrated. And I won't stop being frustrated until he sells the team or has like a midlife crisis where he's like, oh, I need this team to be good at baseball. 
one of the two will happen eventually. Guys, stop buying stuff at Wrigleyville. No one go to Wrigleyville. I'm <laughs> oh I'm issuing a call to action. <laughs> All right. Well, do you think if they had zero revenue one day that he would like maybe get it in his head like I have to try? I mean, I'm just I'm throwing ideas at the wall here. Let's talk about racing. It's race day. Hell yeah. tours at Davenport. I'm happy about it. I get to go watch a race tonight. There you go. Let's go. You you don't sound too happy about. I'm it. happy as hell, Damon. <laughs> Bobby Pierce has a fast ass race car. He's at he has a P2 and a P1 to open up the Hell Tour season. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about his uh, plans on his schedule. Uh, a lot of it is contingent on how he runs in the Hell Tour. Usually, uh, in the past, that's been the case. And you know, looking at the schedule, how many races you can miss. Uh, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to have some videos up tonight, uh, and we'll figure out if Bobby Pierce is the Hell Tour favorite or not. Yeah, uh, I watched him um, when they were at what. Kanakee on Tuesday. The opening is it Kanakee? I call it Kankakee. I think it's Con Con Kankakee, Kankakee or something like that. Yeah. For I some watched, reason, I never watched that race live. Yeah, I watched it, and I didn't stay up to watch the whole thing. I'll be honest with you, because it was like twelve thirty, and they still hadn't gotten the features pushed off yet. Yeah, so, and they had to they had to tow one hundred twenty miles after that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that is like the embodiment of what that tour is. So if you guys don't know what it is, it's like thirty-two races in like thirty-six days or mm-hmm. something along those lines. I don't have those numbers accurate, and I probably should have gotten them up. But uh, it's it's a summer tour. It's a regional uh, type of talent for the series. You'll get one or two national guys in if they're close to. They kind of do what the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America series does but they do like six races through the week or five or four so they they do it all like in a row instead. yeah and it's monday tuesday wednesday and so it literally when when we say it's always race day they are a big embodiment of uh what that means and i love yeah. them for it yeah no it was a it was a good show otherwise i mean yeah bobby pierce had a fast fast car uh, it was fun to watch that, see him rip around. Um, no surprise on the modified side, but the opening night win went to Nick Hoffman. Did he win night two? I don't know. I'm gonna the only it. thing the only thing I'm regretting is that well, I'm not regretting it. It's not my decision. But they don't do modifieds at they don't do Hell Tour modifieds for the Davenport race. They didn't right. last year. It's they have their own modified division, I think, and that's part of it i'm not sure what the logistics yeah, are i think it's the imcas and yes nick hoffman also won at uh, peoria last night God, he's gonna just win every race on that tour 100 uh, percent. i don't think there's a better modified driver in america what was it what was it last year 31 of the 32 races he won or something like that or 19 of the 20 no races? i think yeah I, was, I think it was 19 of 20 and i don't think he raced yeah. all of them no i don't think he but did he, st- he raced enough to win the championship with like six races to go mm-hmm. um no you can put up you can put up the usmts best driver and best car put him up against them nick hoffman's winning it beat him. yeah um on the late model side, obviously Ryan Unziker had a really good night on opening night. He did. He beat beat Bobby Pierce. Um, yeah. And that's you know some of these guys kind of make their name. I I wouldn't know who Jason Fager is if it wasn't for the Hell Tour or Brian Shirley. So Brian Shirley. Yeah. Uh, a couple of those guys we saw at at Eldora. So big 
damn big summer for the lay models. I, and I knew that, you know, yeah. of the year. it's just now it's here and, and we're seeing all these races ran and stuff like that. And it's Billy crazy. Moyer, Billy Moyer Jr. Finished fifth. So that was cool. Another, another big name. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I say it's like a regional tour, like you'll have three or four, you know, guys that you recognize nationally, um, racing yeah, Dennis herb. Yeah. Dennis herb racing it. And yeah world of outlaws points later. So I was going to say, and that's, that's the crazy thing. So at Peoria, he finished sixth, right? Dennis Herb did. So he's the outlaws points leader and he's finishing sixth. Think about some of these other guys that, you know, could invade. And the other part too is again, we're, we're at what nine, 10 full-time outlaw drivers now. So, um, I mean, it's, it's just, who's going to chase big money races. We talked about it. So, yeah, I think we've we've talked about that ad nauseum, but uh, I'm really excited to get to Davenport tonight. If you have a free night, go down there. It's going to be a fun race. It's a that's a badass track, man. I talked to the, I think I was talking to the track owner uh, last year in the infield. He's just wearing a Dale Earnhardt shirt and chilling with everyone down there. Mm-hmm. Like that was the most badass part. Is he's just like willing to talk to people and stuff. And off the if I meet this if I meet the guy, and I think he's the track owner. I don't want to take that a hundred percent. Right. But, uh, if I can swing it, I'll try to get him on the podcast. Cause super nice guy to talk to. And I love what they've done with that place. And if we want lay model racing to thrive in Iowa, Davenport speedway is definitely a part of it. So. Yeah. What, uh, what about it? Do you like the most? I guess what's, what is it that just stands out to you? So when they come out of three and four, and part of it is I'm watching on the, on this infield like stage, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a concert stage. Um, I, I went up to watch from the stands to see if I could get the same kind of look at it. And I mm-hmm. went and sat on the left side of the stands when they come out of three and four there, they dude, it is hammer, like hammer down. And it's, it is a visual. I can't like, explain but it's cooler than i've seen at any racetrack i've ever been to like cool it was the first late model race i think i ever went to i was at davenport and i and i still it hasn't been matched and i don't know if it's like what do they tell you when uh kids were getting addicted to cigarettes like the first one you smoke it never gets as good as that right yeah yeah i I feel like it might be that but i i I will swear on my life like i haven't seen late models rip out of a out of a turn like i do at davenport that's cool. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a fun track to watch some late models at. Um, just for for simple facts of it's, I mean it's it's a racy track nine times out of ten too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, if they keep putting on good shows, I I don't see any reason why uh, national tours uh, won't flock to Davenport. And I think they can. Uh, don't uh, don't the outlaws go to Davenport at some point? Yes, they do. Big show. The final weekend before uh, Iowa State football season. That's right. So you'll have to come down there. I'm trying. I'm going to get Chris to bring the camper. We're going to have a, a big weekend. That'd be fun. So y'all, yeah, y'all look forward to that too, because that will that will be big uh, when we do that. So, and also this Saturday is the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race in Knoxville. I know we just led with the Hell Tour at Davenport Speedway, and Tom Ricketts ruining my life. But that's that's <laughs> us. We're unpredictable, and I love that about us. And we can uh, shift on the fly and stuff. But yeah. NASCAR Camping World Truck Series in Knoxville this week. We're gonna have a tweet up on Saturday afternoon. I got the clearance, Damon. 
You did? I've got our permits turned in. Absolutely. I'm excited for this. So I and it could potentially have always race day shirts for us. If not, just look for the dope and the Iowa State hat and the glasses. Yeah, or just the guy that is a billboard wide. You'll look for that guy too and you'll see him. You'll be fine. <laughs> you don't have to talk about me like that. Oh no, I I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that. Uh, You know, something that I kind of pushed to push to you a couple weeks ago, and then we Connor Connor travels and forgets to look at his messages. Is what happens. We we kind of pushed it, and it was one of those like, hey, how about we try this? And then we just kind of put it all together and. And uh, I'm glad that we got the clearance for it. Now, now we just got to put on a good show. Yeah, we're going to try it. We'll have stickers for you guys. Um, and then we want to do something bigger uh, at the Knoxville Nationals. I'm still thinking about, you know, bringing the PlayStation down and having a sprint car tournament on the PS2. I think that'd be a fun little thing. The, the issue is the frame rate drops when you play multiplayer. Yep. So, you were, I mean, you're battling both machine track and console so yep we'll figure that out when the time comes though but uh yeah come down to the tweet up saturday i'm gonna try to get some guests uh to join us and if you're famous and you're gonna be a knoxville on saturday then let me know eric bridger that's a message to you i owe eric or just be at be at knoxville in general like there's a good reason to be at a racetrack on a saturday it's a great father's day gift you got nothing else going on also, if you if you're hearing, you know, there's a contingent of Knoxville Sprint Car fans that say like, "Oh no, I, I don't, I don't go to the truck race. It's not good racing because really, you got to see four tens rip out there. It's awesome." Yeah, we know, we know. It's a sprint yeah. car track. We get it. We get it. No one's expecting them to be faster or better than the sprint right. cars, but that's like the equalizer that racing on dirt is. And that's why I like having NASCAR vehicles on a dirt track is cool. That's why I like Bristol dirt so much. And that's why I love this race at Knoxville on Saturday. It's one of my favorite races of the year. And I know you're thinking like, oh, that first year they had, it was last year. Well, when they used to have it at Eldora, we had people over, like we had a 40 person party one year to watch the damn Eldora truck race. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I want Knoxville to be. So get hyped for it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. Um, and hopefully we won't have the late race chaos and just everything that that race was. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard to top that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope my hope is that people show out for it. I know there's going to be the, you know, the NASCAR diehards that want to go and, and there's going to be some of the local dirt guys, you know, that want to go and, and watch it as well. But it's the, it's those that can't seem to cross over. It's the NASCAR folks who don't want to go into dirt and the dirt folks who don't want to go into NASCAR go to this event. It's only going to help the area. It's only going to help make this better so if you're a you're a nascar fan that doesn't want to cross over to dirt and you think we should be at the iowa speedway you still need to go because this is a great tell-all sign that, that we can get a race back at at newton and yeah if you know. especially yeah if this is a big event and it goes well i and i'm still i'm right there like please like friday night at knoxville saturday at iowa or it'd be fun that'd be cool yeah or saturday sunday Dude, can you imagine nascar teams making a toe yeah 
That would yeah. be sick. Like or just to hear about it too. Yeah. Cause they would make a big deal. Like you guys oh, raced yesterday and now you're yeah. here and you had yeah. to bring all your teams here. It, it would be, it would be so I'd even give them go Friday, Sunday. I'd, I'd even give them, a give them a day in the middle. I'll give them a day. That's not in the hell tour spirit. I know, but we'd have I'm, to, I'm we'd have to pressure the hell tour and getting a car. That'd be cool. <laughs> we could go in, we could go in on the hell tour and the always race day. Oh, two of Brett Moffat or whatever his car number would be on. I think he's running the 30 this week. I don't know. Uh, no, he's in the Joey Gase is running the 30. What's Moffat running? Uh, 22, 22. He's 22. For Austin Lane self. That's really? Right. I didn't think I'd see that pair together. Yeah. He's well, Austin's having a baby, Austin. right? He already had one. And oh, there we go. This week off as well. He didn't he's on paternity last. leave. Yes. Yes. He did not run last week, um, in the 22. And I think he's, I and mean, he's obviously taken this week off as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, it's going to be fun. I th- there's, there's some pretty cool names in the entry list too. We finally got some finalized names, you know, buddy Kofoid was finally announced as the 51 driver, which we kind of expected, but it, it was, it was official. Um, we saw Todd Gilliland is going to drive the 17 truck for, for his dad's team. So that'll be Interesting to see Todd. I was still disappointed that it wasn't Donnie Schatz getting the opportunity, but I get it. There's outlaw races this weekend. Um, let's see. Who else was in the list? Norm Benning's going to be there. Of course. Uh, dirt, the dirt track ace, Norm Benning. Um, did you see his truck when you were at Eldora? I heard it was still on the property. I think I walked by it. Yeah. I thought I heard it was still on the property. Yeah, no, he, uh, Norm's awesome. He's a big friend of the circle jerks podcast. That's uh, Norm's a good dude. Did I tell you that, um, the remember when he had his, uh, his truck and trailer stolen or his trailer stolen yeah, yeah. a couple years ago. So like the night before that, he's eating dinner right next to us at the race, like right by one of the restaurants of the racetrack. So him and a few of his crew guys were at a table and then we were at the table, like right next to him. And so we're sitting there and we finished dinner or whatever. And it wasn't, but maybe 45 minutes after that, when it was announced that Norm Benning's trailer was missing. Jeez. It was so weird. At least you have an alibi. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. So also, uh, also, uh, are we good on, on the truck race? Did you have anything else on that? I was trying to think of who else was in what trucks this weekend for, for some other things. I think, uh, hasn't been officially announced, but I think Tyler Carpenter is going to be in the 41 truck too. So we'll see. Yes. No, that's, and that's been done. Has I, it uh, been officially announced now? Cause it wasn't on the entry list that Bob posted yesterday. Well, the, so what it is, is like driver TBA. And then the crew chief is listed as the promoter at gateway at the game oh, okay. of nationals. So cool. that is, uh, I, I don't know what goes into filing that or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially, uh, kind of what that is. Like, it's like chase Briscoe wasn't on the Eldora million entry list until probably 45 minutes before the first race started. So you know, you get that it's just different 
however they figure it out. So also this weekend, and I think Chris might be going down there, uh, and I hate that I have to miss it, uh, but it is the Always Race Day Gail and Karen Hample Memorial uh, SLMR race uh, this Saturday at Adams County Speedway. Uh, that's going to be fun. If you like late models uh, and you don't want to go to the truck race, get down to Adams County. And if, if you're a racing fan, you're at neither. I Sad, sad times. That's all I got to say to you. But it's $3,500 to win. Uh, we boosted the purse um, to a couple of the classes down there. I don't, don't know which ones to, uh, I want to say street stocks and modifieds. Uh, but I'm not 100% on which one it was. Uh, I know there's two of them, though. But that'll that'll be a great race um, that's going on, and I love that we sponsored it. Uh, I hate that I can't be there for it. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It's a big weekend for racing, um, and I say that I say that a lot, uh, and I, I just try to uh, let y'all know uh, where the big races are at. So I think that one will that one will be a good one. I've been getting into SLMR in uh, kind of that tour and and everything going on with them. Uh, our buddy Charlie McKenna that we had on the podcast uh, a few weeks back actually started fourth uh, against the big lay models uh, in the national tour with Race XR uh, during uh, the Belleville third nationals so that'll be fun um i'm amped man this is this is going to be a great weekend i'm, I'm manifesting myself uh getting really amped for the truck race and getting amped for everything that's going on it's it's going to be a blast but yeah so damon i'm, I'm excited for that adam's yeah. race i know that means a lot to chris and that racetrack and everything i want to get down there and check it out unfortunately can't this year but right and the i love the adams county speedway um a lot of a lot of people i know um there working there run there um just it's a uh, it's a really cool facility that we get to have in the state of iowa um it's it's a it's a really it's neat it's it's a lot of fun to go to but yeah um i'm happy for uh for chris to be able to to help us uh you know get out there and, and be able to put on you know or put in for uh for some of the uh the prize in this it's it's pretty cool to to look at the adams county speedway page and and see your 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 logo sitting on there so that's uh that's pretty cool um in its own right and um yeah it'll be a lot of fun my favorite thing is and this is not a knock on on anyone it's not a, a shaped logo uh or a circle or anything like that but seeing how people cut out <laughs> the always yeah. race day logo is awesome to me it's always yeah. different it does not matter who it is like sometimes there's a black box behind it sometimes there's right. the the road tracks against the white and gray uh and we do have an updated png there you go uh but yeah it's it's cool it's entertaining like i'm just like this is sweet it is no it's cool um i'm excited for it and a lot of a lot of local uh, late model guys are gonna be there there's a a lot of cool uh a lot of cool storylines that'll that'll be a part of it i'd be remiss if i didn't mention my buddy chris schrader uh met through met him through chris he's awesome awesome to talk to Speaking of Chris, how about him uh, picking up a win on the heat races at the uh, Belleville High Banks? Absolutely. For late models this last weekend. 
Yeah, him and Charlie were both ripping it. It's awesome to, you know, just see them have success and see them uh, kind of do their thing. Yeah, that, uh, that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what uh, what comes about of that as well on Saturday. Lots of good racing going on. And, uh, you know, if you're you're not making the trek to Knoxville, you might as well make the tri- trip to Corning because it's, it's a good little half-mile dirt track as well. Absolutely. Um, a couple other things uh, I want to get to before we get to the interviews. Uh, in the USAC non-wing sprint car series, uh, Robert Ballou, and I think we'll have him on next week for you guys, uh, is tied for the points lead right now uh, over Brady Bacon, tied with Justin Grant. And right. coming into the season, if you if you told me that would be, you know, here's how the top three goes after 10 races, like that's crazy. I would have had a hard time believing that. But. Not the end. Grant also a great driver obviously a silver crown champion but right you know and robert blue is awesome and he's great during eastern storm but to get the points lead before we're even done with the eastern storm weekend like that's insane yeah exactly that's that's what i'm saying it's it's pretty insane for him um who's really you know he's always been close like he's always been a, a contender but like you said, he, he has a, a time of year where he really rips it. And then it, uh, it I don't want to say fades away, but it's not near as strong during that time. It's and it's it's all about consistency and, and yeah. how you run the program. And Brady Bacon has it down to a science. And that's why he's yes, got he the championships that he's gotten. So exactly. And anytime you're, you know, trying to dethrone a defending champ, that's that's tough, too. Yes. Yes. So we got uh, one last thing. You guys know that Bristol uh, holds a very special place in my heart, uh, but they have the NHRA in town this weekend for at uh, Thunder Valley uh, is what it's called. It's right next to the racetrack. There's a couple of camping spots where you can see. It's pretty hard to miss Bristol Motor Speedway. Right. It's a pretty big facility. A little uh, bit. But you can see both the drag, the drag strip and the uh, racetrack and – take it away damon tell me is is ron caps gonna win uh ron caps does well on father's day awesome so uh exciting exciting to go to uh to thunder valley to watch the uh drag races at bristol that'll be a lot of fun to to see every year it's always fun at bristol um it's one race that i'd like to go to in the future is to the bristol drag races but um you know it's Ron, pretty tough. It's pretty tough to complain about Bristol and Adams County Speedway scheduling on top of each other. I know, I know, it's pretty tough. But I can't. I, I can try to, but it's gonna be. It's, it's not gonna it's come hard. out very good. It's hard to to complain about that. But no, um, you know, Ron does well on Father's Day. Uh, it'll be exciting to see if if they can put another win on the board and get one for Toyota and see where, where that can go. Obviously he switched over to the Toyota body a couple weeks ago. It's been running good. It's been running, running fast. Now he's just got to find a way to, to close out a win. And um, Tony Stewart's cars and in Matt Hagen has been dominant points leader in funny car right now. Um, so he's, he's on a rail with, with a lot of good uh, cars right behind him. Top fuel is kind of a open crapshoot, to be quite honest with you. There's so many different guys and, and girls for that matter that are uh, um, really, really strong. Um, it's, and when you go to, when you go to Thunder Valley, it's pretty, it's different because it sits down a little bit. And so you got to have the elevation change that tracks always been tricky 
uh, whether it's been, you know, whether it's been one of those where there's a lot less grip and we've seen probably the best pedal fest in history of, of drag racing at that track. Um, or, or we've seen some fast numbers. Uh, it's a good, a good track for, uh, my buddy Clay Milliken. He won his first race there, uh, which was a very emotional and, and a lot of fun, uh, to see, um, for him, for, for me, my family, cause we've, we've followed clay for a really long time. And, uh, to see him win his first race on father's day, uh, with, with the special meaning that it was a few years ago was a lot of fun. So looking forward to see him get, uh, get the ship righted a little bit and, um, pro stock wise, Erica Enders is the car to beat, man. She is on fire right now. And it's, uh, it's tough to, tough to slow her down. So exciting and, uh, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to, to seeing what Sunday brings. And I can't, I can't bring up, we can't bring up the top fuel class without mentioning my best friend, Antron Brown. It's 35 right. points out of the playoffs right now. It's, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. I don't exactly know how many races are before the cutoff, but well, you know what? Right. We're on the bubble and you got to be in it to win it. So let's get in it. And then we'll see what happens after that. I will, uh, I'll even look for you and see how many races are, there are left for what's you. the cutoff race. Does it say on the schedule? The cutoff race is the U S nationals. So, um, we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight races before the playoffs. Oh, we got plenty of time. Um, a lot of time you get double points when they go to the U S nationals anyway, or points and a half, I guess it's not double points, but, uh, points and a half at the U S nationals. So that's Talk about a gimmick. Okay. Um, it always, uh, that's my gimmick is bringing up that every racing series has gimmicks. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, battles still to be had to just get in to the points points playoffs, because then once you're in it, then, uh, points reset. So it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun weekend. There, dude, go, go watch an HRA on Sunday. There's nothing, nothing going on from two o'clock to five. And then after that we'll have, uh, I believe the all-star circuit of champions wraps up Ohio speed week, by the way, Christopher bell, he's been yeah. hot. He won in uh Ohio speed week feature. Oh no, that gets wrapped up Saturday. So Sunday we got USAC's uh, Eastern storm wrap up the hell tour races, uh, at Sycamore and then Houston's, uh, I believe is having their weekly show. Um, that might be tied in with Jackson as well. I know there's okay. some guys going up to Jackson and then going to Houston's and getting ready for uh, the world of allies trip up there. So lots yeah. of stuff going on. Um, and Sunday we have a very unconventional Sunday, so that'll be fun. Uh, we'll get some people on. Maybe we'll record Monday night, uh, right. but there's no racing Monday either. So I, I don't know what, uh, what our plans are going to be, but get out and watch some racing this weekend. It's going to be a blast. You got anything left in? Uh, not really other than just, uh, just hit us up. If you're going to the uh, races at, at Knoxville this weekend, we, uh, I tweeted something out earlier this week asking, you know, kind of feeling the water, see who's going to be there. But, uh, yeah, send us, you know, send us messages, send us whatever, tell us you're going to be at Knoxville for the truck race. And we'll get out, we'll get the, we'll get the time and everything. We're going to have it right outside, uh, Dyer Hudson hall 
uh, but we'll get the time to you guys uh, on Saturday. Just check our Twitter and Facebook and it'll all be right there. Uh, and pin tweet type of thing for you. So we'll get that taken care of. I'm going to try to land some guests to it. That'd be a lot of fun. That's what, uh, what we've been trying to do, trying to get some, some different people to, uh, to join us. Awesome. Well, happy race day, y'all. Uh, enjoy the week and enjoy these, uh, two interviews cause they are, uh, fantastic. Um, seriously. So look forward to y'all listening. Let us know what you think and, uh, have a good rest of your uh, race weekend, I guess. What's up, everybody? We are now joined uh, today by a very special guest. It is Grant Infinger of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. They're racing at Knoxville on Saturday. It's the one of two uh, dirt races uh, on the schedule every year. Uh, but this Saturday, the only one on a conventional, real, uh, can I say natural, Damon, or non-man-made dirt track? You Correct. Know, very 100%. much. 100%. Saturday night, eight o'clock on FS1. If you can't be there, if you are there, get out to Knoxville early. It's going to be packed. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's a great event. One of my favorite events on the uh, schedule. Uh, obviously, Grant, there's a lot of debate uh, with the Iowa Speedway uh, being 45 minutes from Knoxville. Uh, but are you excited to run at Knoxville this week? I'm excited to run at Knoxville. I like the dirt races. Um, I think it's one of the few places we go to that uh, that has throttle control. Um, you know, so I, I like that that style of racing. I don't uh, I don't exactly like how how rough it got last year. Um, you know, me and uh, thirty five of my friends were were just kind of driving through each other. It seemed like uh, last year. So hopefully we can clean up that a little bit. Um, but I personally think they both ought to be on the schedule. Uh, there's there's no reason at all we shouldn't be going to Iowa Speedway, in my opinion. I love it. We're uh, we're big supporters of Iowa and uh, them getting uh, any form of NASCAR back, but we'll we'll settle for ARCA and IndyCar this year. Uh, oh, go ahead, Damon. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, off of the the rough and and rowdiness of last year's race. Do you expect to see any change for this upcoming year? Not really. Um, you know the the way everything's structured. Um, I wouldn't say that it encourages it, but it definitely doesn't discourage it. Um, so unfortunately that that's a style of racing at some of these races that we go to, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it trends better. Um, I'm one of those guys hoping that we don't get a caution in the final stage. Cause I feel like when that happens, it, that, that's when things tend to tend to get wild, whether it be at, at Knoxville or Martinsville or a road course or, or, you know, Talladega, it, it, it seems to, you know, the closer we get to that checkered flag, um, we, we go a little stupid sometimes. <laughs> What's uh what's it like when, you know, that's going on in a race car and it, I'm not saying like the field of truck drivers is, is why, but that's happened recently uh, in the past couple of years, a lot in the truck series. What's it like uh, for you in the car uh, to know that's going on? And it's like, this is going to be chaos, you know, just stick my head down and run. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of get used to it, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's, it's part of our racing with the, uh, the, the way everything's structured when, when the wins are so valuable and, and points aren't quite as valuable for some of the competitors, you know, you, you probably got, you know, I don't know, six or eight competitors that are out there looking at points this, this week when we go to Knoxville and then you got 28 or 30 of them that, that don't care at all. So, um, you know, the, 
the um, you know the, the way everything's structured, they're they're just, in my opinion, not really enough to uh, discourage somebody from running into somebody. Um, but you know, it, it, it's part of it. Uh, I feel like last year you, you kind of had the you had two choices. You could either be the guy getting beat up, or you could beat up your your, your the guy in front of you. So it was uh, it was a one lane. Uh, one lane track for sure. So obviously that that attributed to to uh, some of the things that happened. I I don't see it being multiple grooves for very long. Um, just the the way is heavy and big as our trucks are sliding around uh, a track like Knoxville. I I feel like we'll end the race on the bottom regardless. Uh, I think that the beginning of the race last year you could run the top for for twenty or thirty laps or so. But I, I personally see it ending on the bottom again, um, you know, and and, and I, I, I like the dirt style racing as far as the, the throttle control. And I mean, you, you may go the entire race or the entire weekend and never hit full throttle. To me, that that's fun racing. You know, you, you're just slipping and sliding and, and you got an egg on your, your throttle foot and and uh, that, that's fun racing to me. So, so hopefully, um, hopefully we can uh, avoid the contact and uh, just have have a good, good uh, champion power equipment Chevrolet, and, and hopefully have a great weekend. Absolutely. If you, are, oh, if you guys, okay, go, Dan. No, go ahead. No, it's all you now. As you say, outside of uh, outside of just the couple of dirt races that you run with the trucks throughout the year, and then you know coming up through through some different series. I mean, what what is Grant Enfinger's background in dirt and how does it translate to the truck? Uh, yeah, I didn't do a whole lot in dirt uh, growing up other than uh, I started out in go-karts on dirt, which is obviously completely different and, and did a few Legends car races on, on the dirt uh, growing up, you know, a long time ago um, as, uh, as I kind of started racing. And really kind of my dirt experience started with the uh, the Arca Series, uh, running on the Springfield Mile, the Coin Mile uh, in the Arca Series, which um, – honestly is pretty similar to Knoxville where, whereas those, those tracks are about a mile long, but they're still flat. You're still running around the, the bottom of the guardrail like we are in Knoxville. Um, so there's definitely some similarities there. Um, but that, that's kind of where, where my background comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Damon, I'm glad we got through that. It's every episode type of theme. Damon likes to talk over me, Grant. So yes. don't worry about him. We'll start um, with that. I'm glad you mentioned Arca. So I have a funny story. Um, well, it's not, it's not the funniest, but maybe you'll laugh. Uh, so I actually saw your first Arca start at Talladega in person. Okay. Uh, so we went well, to, yeah, that's not the funny part. You're good. Uh, yeah, so, I was, I was trying to laugh, but yeah, that was, no, no, you're fine. I told, I told him in a very poor manner. Uh, glasses just fell off. Everything's good here. But, uh, so we go to the track, uh, watching everything that day. And my dad and his buddies are in the stands with me. So I went every year with them growing up. Like Talladega was the one race we'd go to all year. Um, and Iowa Speedway finally was coming onto the scene at the end of that. But uh, so we're watching the driver introductions and you get announced. And whoever announced your name uh, just blatantly said F finger into the microphone. I uh, did not throw the N in there. It wasn't until after the race we figured out what your actual name was. Uh, and my dad's friend was 30 beers deep passed out and he wakes up at like nine 30 at night and he goes, I can't believe that guy's name is F finger. That's so cool. And he was just mystified by it. We had, we had to break the news to him. Yeah. Well, growing up with a last name like Enfinger, there's lots of nicknames and lots of, uh, mispronunciations. So that's probably one of the better ones. 
I yes, I agree. I mean, actually, too. My, so my last name's not easy to to say. So at least at least yours, you could get a lot of nicknames off of. Yeah. So you're from Alabama. Uh, so obviously that race probably meant a lot to you. I didn't need to ask. Are you Bama or Auburn? Roll Tide all the way. So um, come my my entire family. Um, so we uh, I, I'd say I was raised right. I, I did um I did marry um uh, one of the other ones uh, so Uh-oh. kind of uh, causes some turmoil during the Iron Bowl every year but um but overall we have uh, we have made it through uh through six years of marriage anyway. <laughs> That's got to be really tough with how little uh, national championships uh, Alabama's won recently. I mean yeah yeah it seems, no, to, it, it seems to only come once in a blue moon. Yeah yeah it seems. Uh, Seems to be a pretty pretty crazy era of uh, Alabama football that we're living under. So, pretty uh, pretty cool. So it's uh, it's actually really nice when Alabama is really good and Auburn is just terrible. So it's been a pretty fortunate decade for me. Um, but there has been a couple of times in there where Auburn's been good, and that's that's when we have turmoil in our house. See, Connor and I are both Iowa State fans, and so we um, would like to to say. We, Auburn is is welcome because they took our our coach a few years ago, and that's we also cool. don't like Auburn. We're on the same team. As yeah, Houston. we're we're on the yeah we don't like Auburn. So, so when when Gene Chizik won a national championship at Auburn, he he came from Iowa State. So we don't really like Auburn directly either. Directly the year after he left Iowa State, it was fantastic. Yeah, and then he made it like a year or two after that. And yep, gone. exactly. He so pay for play quarterback. You gotta <laughs> gotta work your way in. <laughs> So uh, back to the Knoxville race this weekend. Um, what I guess you're talking about points, and certain guys are looking for points, and certain guys maybe you know have already locked themselves in with with wins, or guys are just not not running for points and running for a win. Do you have a strategy for this weekend yet already planned, and and do you know what it is? I guess. You know, I'm, I guess unfortunate for, for a, a, a race like Knoxville that can somewhat be a wild card. Um, we are looking at the points, you know, we're, we're sitting ninth in, in the playoff standings or whatever. So we're not, we're not locked into the playoffs by any means right now. Um, so yeah, we, we have to look at that. Um, kind of the, the way we've played it. Um, I, I feel like Charles Danica has done a great job with this all year is if we have a champion power equipment Chevy that can win the race, we are going to play to win the race um if we have have a, a fifth place truck we're gonna play the points game and and you know we're gonna you know get out of there with a solid finish hopefully um what's different in knoxville compared to to most of our races is there's not a whole lot of strategy you know so so more of that is like the situations that, that i put ourselves in um and, and kind of our mindset is a is a team uh going into that race so um it's not like you can short bid and put tires on you, you can like stay out um they, there was guys that did that last year um i happened to do it uh you know a, a previous year at, at one of the other dirt races so there is you know you can not bid at all but but if you're going to pit, you have to pit at one of the two stage breaks. So, um, you know, as opposed to, to like last week at Sonoma where you can short pit the stage, forego your stage points and set yourself up for a better finish at the end. It's a little bit different here in Knoxville, but, um, you know, we, we just have to be smart at this stage of the game. But if, if we have a, um, if we're in position to win with a, uh, a champion power equipment Chevy that they can win, then, you know, we're, we're going to go for it. That's for sure. Uh, are you going to pit after stage one? Have you decided yet? 
I mean, we you don't, we, have, you don't have to reveal it on here. It's not really news that we'll report, but yeah, we really don't know until we see the tires and, and just kind of feel everything out. So um, I think that could be a game time decision. I, I think most people will pit at both of the stages, but I think I think it's going to be like last year. You're going to have one or two guys stay out and and kind of risk it. And a lot of that depends on how hard it is to pass. So I think the further we get into the race the more it's going to migrate to where you kind of got to be on the bottom. Um, I could be, I could be totally wrong about that, but that, that's kind of how I see it playing out. Absolutely. Do you guys get the new uh, tires like the cup series did for dirt this year? So we have the same tire that we had at Bristol dirt. So um, that's different our, from last year's tire, right? I believe it is different. Okay. Um, but don't quote me on that, but I think it's, I think it's a little bit different, but it's the same thing we had at Bristol dirt. And obviously different, different, uh, dirt and different, uh, weather circumstances, um, all around there, but Bristol certainly held up a lot better than I thought it would. And a lot better than Knoxville did last year. They did a really good job prepping the track other than the, you know, however many motors they blew in the heat race and, and early on in, in the race. And, and, you know, a lot of people that, that you know haven't kept up with these races they don't understand like that's so it's, it's kind of a big deal and it's a big compromise but um you know the the more they prep the track and the, the, the wetter it is the more we just fill up our grills and windshields um to where it's just i mean we we blow a lot of motors every year unfortunately so you have to find uh, that line in the middle yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of the, the balance you have to have to to play. So if if they were going to prep the track in between a stage or something like that, in my opinion, it's it's not really that practical because you're going to sling mud all over the front of somebody's you know grill and they're going to overheat and and it's going to end the race for them. So um, seen that you know quite a bit over the years, whether it be Arca or trucks um, in, in different scenarios. Now I don't know if you know any higher ups at NASCAR that can get this done. I just want to know what you think of if they did a dirt style format and only 24 cars made the main race, prepped everything in the middle after the B main, televised all of it, and the top 24 go to the main race and race for 75 laps. Do you think that would be better uh, to suit the conditions on a dirt track, I guess? I don't think so because I still think if you prep the track good enough for like dirt cars, we we can't keep them cool enough. You're still going to fill up the grill, whether you have two trucks out there or 36 of them. Um, the guy behind, you know, is going to get his grill filled with, with mud. Like part of my main job at the beginning of the race at Bristol was to avoid the other, the, the wake in front of me so we can finish the race. And, you know, it's just a, a tough area you get into. Um, but I've, I've been one of those guys that, you know, has, has, has been leading one of those ARCA races and, and melted motors down uh, because of it. So um, I don't know how much there is that they can do on these trucks that we haven't done already to, to kind of make that better. I mean, the, we, we do so much already. It's almost like <laughs> you almost need to start over with another vehicle. You right. know? But I, I think, I think the way they do it, I think when it turns dry and slick, like at a, at a place like Eldora or whatever, I think we put on incredible races. You know, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it has to be wet where you have a cushion uh, to run the top. I, I think that pr promotes one good one groove racing as well when you have to run the top um you know that the difference is knoxville is, is flat so i, I think we kind of migrate to, towards the bottom there so um 
like I said, that that's just my two cents. I'm not a dirt racer. That's just from from my experience over the years seeing things uh, happen and and um, you know, kind of kind of how I see it. No, that's awesome. I haven't heard uh, too many people, you know, spin it like that. That you think it would be uh, the same with less laps and less cars. But I, I completely see what you're saying because you know the track will go to wherever it's going to go by the end of the night. You know, seemingly 50, 60 laps in. Uh, yeah. Last year, it kind of held up a lot longer, but um, last year it was multiple groove for longer. It seemed yeah. like you could run that outside for for twenty five or thirty laps, and then you had a little bit of a you know if you if you ended up restarting on the outside, it wasn't it wasn't detrimental to you you know for another thirty or forty laps, and then the last stage like you were just cringing if you got an outside starting spot, you know, that's, you where, that's where the late race Rex came in. Cause everyone was trying to get to that yeah. inside. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't know um, if there, if it ends up that way again, I don't know if there's ever a time that NASCAR calls for single file restarts or something like that. I don't know, but, but it is, um, you know, we can't choose here. I think it's a, it's a pretty big disadvantage, you mm-hmm. know, if you, if you do end up on that outside. So, um, you know, that, that's, uh, I guess, part of what we'll have to see when we get there. Um, we don't normally get ahead of time notice on, you know, if and NASCAR doesn't know that it's going to end up like that, you know, um, but obviously it did last year. I feel like there's a chance that it does this year as well. What do you think went into uh, not having the choose rule here? Is it that they don't want to put the cone on the rope out there? Because I think choosing an Oxville in that situation late in that race and seeing so many people go to the inside would be very entertaining. I think it's incredibly important. I don't know. I mean, that's a good, good question. So good question. Damon, you got anything? Or do you know what if you restart 10th, the top nine might take the bottom. Yeah. You yeah. There and make some risk like a Bowman gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. We, you know, you mentioned early on about the one groove racetracks. That's kind of how we expect this one, you know, to go based off of last year and stuff. But it seemed like people were upset because of, you know, all the, the incidences and, and all the moving people out of the way. But what I guess there, there can't be much difference from like a Martinsville to here other than we're just running on dirt, I guess. Is that kind of the way you look at it? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the, the race got entirely too rough last year and, and entirely too many people ran over the guy in front of them. And that was not the only time that happened last year in the truck series. So there was a couple incredibly chaotic wrecks in Knoxville, but there was, there was four or five races last year that were just, you know, crazy amounts of, of carnage, you know, and uh, Martinsville was one of those last year. Uh, fortunate enough this year, our Martinsville race, I feel like was, was pretty reasonable and pretty clean and, and, and all that. But, but yeah, I mean, Unfortunately, um, you know, the, the way things are, I, it, it wouldn't completely surprise me if, if there was a bunch of wrecks this time, but I, I, I truly hope there's not. A, I, I hope people can, can race with, 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 you know, more respect. And I, I think that all comes with, like, can you pass a guy clean and get around them? I, I don't think, you know, any of our competitors go out there wanting to drive through the guy in front of them, but you kind of, it's necessary if you want to get that spot sometimes. So, um, and like I said, there, there's, not enough repercussions to, to keep that from happening. Awesome. And uh, I think that's all we got for it. Is it the black and yellow car this week? 
champion power equipment. So it's a, it's a great looking champion power equipment Chevrolet. Um, almost too pretty to put out on that dirt track. So yeah, you guys gotta, see it. all you Hawkeye fans in the stands are going to love it. He's the number 23 car at Knoxville on Saturday. You know, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, they will love that. So, um, but yeah, just, you, you almost cringe when you load these things up to go to Knoxville or, or Martinsville or even Talladega for that matter. Cause you know, man, that might be as good as she ever looks. Absolutely. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and taking the time, Grant. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck on Saturday. Yeah, guys, looking forward to it on Saturday. All right, guys, before we get to this interview, uh, I did want y'all to uh, meet my buddy, Caleb Sluha. Sloha? Sloha, yeah. I was close enough. That's good. I'm getting yeah, better next. There's been worse. So, Caleb, uh, if you looked at our coverage on uh, last Saturday, uh, I was at Knoxville covering the World of Outlaws race, and Caleb uh, and Josh Olmstead, I think. Yeah. Yep. We're really, I'm hitting all these names. Uh, so they, they went down to Iowa Speedway and covered the ARCA race at Iowa for us. And I've known Caleb for a while. I think we're going to have him appearing more and doing more with uh, the site um, and trying to get more hands on deck to uh, really build this thing into something. So I wanted y'all to uh, meet him and we're going to do a pretty uh, cool interview here, here in a bit. Caleb, you can tell people about yourselves too. He, Caleb, used to own Hawkeye Down Speedway. Yeah, for some of us, He's that's the president, owner, I believe, and chief, chief of staff. <laughs> the the chief everything. Uh, no, I I did um, the like social media marketing at Hawkeye Down Speedway uh, here in Iowa, the only other asphalt track in Iowa besides Iowa Speedway. Um, worked for Speed Fifty One for a little bit. Um, had a little bit of like part-time PR helping Mason Mitchell motorsports. Um, and yeah, kind of just been helping out, you know, wherever, whenever, um, no longer at Hawkeye down. So it's opened up my weeks a little bit more to, you know, get more in depth with the rest of the racing, I guess I would say. When y'all hear me uh, talk about Iowans on the podcast and mention Michael Lynette is the greatest driver of all time, there's no one uh, in this world that will understand that more than Caleb here. So he's seen all the all the kids that have come up through Iowa and got to watch Sammy Smith in person on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. Um, we've had Landon back a couple times since I've worked there. Um, Joey Gase actually just won uh, Mid Am race there last week, and uh, so he's been coming back about once a year. Um, yeah, we've had a couple, couple different guys. I'm actually trying to get Mason Mitchell to come back to race like a one-off deal. So yeah, we've, we've had some, you know, good people there. What's this campaign about? We got to get that done. I know he's been in talks. We were just talking uh, last week. And so we've been trying to get him out there. He's been busy too. So 
hopefully they'll put something together and we can go out there and, and watch him. I would love to see that. There's not a career that uh, kind of, I don't want to say ended abruptly because it sounds like negative, uh, but Mason won the ARCA championship in 2014. He's one of the most talented drivers I've seen not get uh, more of a shot at the next level. Did he, he had one truck race, right? I, I think it was one. I, I know think it was one like truck this. race he had and he ran like 16th or something. Yeah. I, if I, remember correctly because i'm super weird about remembering like the weirdest stuff i'm pretty sure it was 15th but yeah it was like right <laughs> you're correcting me on that. i love it i love it. <laughs> this is why we're bringing caleb on because he's got all that in his back pocket and i'm sure josh is looking yeah. it up in the background of the computer right now and correcting caleb he upstairs he's like it's I, actually I 14 but yeah, i might have to look <laughs> I, like that's so funny to me that they, for whatever reason, I think it's etched in my brain that it was 15th, but I, I think you might be right. Cause I think I used to say he he's undefeated at getting top 15s in the trucks. <laughs> there you go. That is a very PR response. All right. So we are going to, are you still looking that up? I am. Did you want to? No, it's no, a formality now. Oh, it was 16th. It was. 16th. Oh, hell. I, dude, I hit that. All right. Well, Caleb's gone now. On the nose. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead, Caleb. If you wanted to say anything more about yourself, what, what you see yourself uh, doing, and we haven't really talked a ton of it out yet. It's kind of fluid, anyways. But yeah, if you want to tell people what you're interested in, what you grew up watching, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't start watching motorsports really until about 2010, 2011. So I'm, you know, still fairly new, um, but I've become an absolute nerd and I've uh, gotten really cool friends, a um, couple that live here in Iowa, um, one that lives in Oklahoma, one that lives in West Virginia, and, you know, a couple others throughout the country that are nerds about racing as well. Um, so it's, it's cool to have a tight knit group of, you know, racing fans. And, uh, I I've got a huge soft spot in my heart for the Arca series. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that I am a huge nerd about and, uh, probably, you know, just one of my favorite racing series overall. So that's what I hope to, you know, kind of let the world see more of the Arca series and, and all that. But, um, love NASCAR, IndyCar um, was always one of the first things I got interested in. Getting more into F1, I mean, if if they're racing it, I like to watch it. I'll watch boat racing. So you know, it's just it's a blast. Well, to get you on with Chris and try to sway his mind on what ARCA is and what it's supposed to be, Chris hates hates ARCA. He hates ARCA more oh, than I hate F1. How can you hate ARCA? That's, that's what I'm saying, man. It, it gives you, it has comedic value. Kids are learning. <laughs> well, that's, and, you've got, you've got the guys that are in their sixties racing against guys that just got out of preschool. I will, you've I will got, say there's arguably nothing better than seeing like the guy in, who's like 69 and like, you know, he might be losing his regular driver's license soon, but he's still racing Arca <laughs> and he's getting a top five at Talladega. Like, Exactly. I mean, yeah, you got them racing at Daytona and Talladega, and then you've got them racing at Berlin. They race at Sonoma, you know, like the, the age range, the track range. I mean, it's just, 
they go race on dirt tracks. Road Their schedule is, I mean, you look at the truck series and the Xfinity series, like, I think the ARCA schedule is like almost better with oh, less yeah. races. I, I, yeah. I mean, if, if NASCAR could take a little bit more of that and they're, they're starting to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the ARCA schedule has always just been amazing for variety. For sure. So we, we are, uh, we're about to bring on, I'll, I'll introduce her on once, once we get here, but, uh, her name's Rita Thomason. She's making her ARCA debut, uh, this weekend at Berlin Raceway. We're going to learn more about her, uh, and kind of, uh, what she does and more about her as a person, uh, as well. I hope you guys enjoy this, uh, cause she's a very special guest. So appreciate y'all for listening. All right, everybody, we now welcome on a very, very special guest. It is Pride Month, um, and we have a gay NASCAR driver uh, making her ARCA Series debut uh, this Saturday at Berlin, uh, Rita Thomason. She's Hi. from How are you? Yeah. Oh, go go for it. Go for it. How, uh, how are you doing today? And uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm doing good. The AC in my daily driver, my Ford Mustang, died about three days ago. And we're having like record highs right now. The real feel, like the heat index, the 107. Yeah, has not been fun. Other than that, I'm great. Just sweaty. Yeah, we just we just took a heat wave here. We're both in Iowa. Uh, and the last two or three days has been the real like first hot days of summer. So it really... I mean, I love summer. I love summer months and racing and all that, but I can't stand when it gets that hot right away like that. How hot is hot for you? Uh, anytime it's in the triple digits, it's like 103 or so. That's about as hot it gets here, as hot as it gets. I think in August you can get up to 110, but it's pretty tough. Really? I did not realize that it would be that warm in Iowa. It's, oh yeah, we get we get we get the worst of the summer, and then we get the worst of the the winter too. Like oh, it's it's insane. That's, awful. that's why Minnesotans yeah. have different accents from us because we're not as north as everyone thinks. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so Rita uh, is going to be driving the Club Motorsports uh, number O three uh, this Saturday in her first ARCA race. And so before this. Kind of take everyone through uh, your career. You, you drove a uh, spec Miata for a bit. Yep, my uh, my motorsports career kind of took a weird path. Um, I didn't start racing cars until I was thirty four years old. Because um, I just I just grew up really poor. Like racing was never an option. As poor as I grew up. Um, so it really wasn't until I became a police officer, had a little more you know decent salary. I started thinking about it and. I bought a second Miata because my daily driver was a 2013 Miata and I bought a little 96 Miata. And my husband's like, what are you going to do with the Miata? And I'm like, race it. And that all happened. And I say husband, I also have a girlfriend. I don't want you to think I'm any less sexual because I'm married. <laughs> I'll throw that out there. No, you're, you're all good. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up driving a Miata on Gran Turismo 3 on the PlayStation 2, so I think we can identify a lot there together. They're fun. They are <laughs> challenging cars. People don't realize that they, they dismiss them, but all those Miatas are prepped nearly identically, so they run really close together. The racing is tough. It's a very competitive uh, 
series. So where, where do you go after racing the Miata or was that your last step uh, ahead of this weekend? Uh, so I raced the Miata for a couple of years and I've always wanted to get involved in NASCAR. I do watch the NASCAR radioactive videos when I was working my off duty jobs and be like, that's, that is racing. But, you know, it's not for people like me. It's for people that, you know, either grew up with money or people that started really young or people who are just extraordinarily lucky. And I'm none of those things. Um, until a friend of mine was like, hey, have you heard about the Arkham and Arts series? And I'm like, no, what's that? And he's like, so NASCAR owns ARCA. So it is a step on the NASCAR ladder, but it's a lot more affordable. And he, he said I could get a car for 25000 He lied. Those were prices 10 years ago but it's still relatively cheap compared to the rest of NASCAR. And I, I thought about it and I just went for it. I sold my spec Miata, sold the spec Miata trailer, sold some guns, um, made some bad financial decisions and knowing nothing about stock car racing. I bought a roller from circle track warehouse. That was fun. I thought it was like Miatas where you could buy like the Bolton kits and finish it yourself. Oh no, nope, nope. Stock cars are not like that. So I had to ask around for a bunch of help. I had no idea what I was doing. What was that like? Uh, kind of, you know, having everything to come together like that. Is this like your car that you're driving this weekend? Yep. Bought and paid for. That's awesome. I couldn't afford anyone else's crash claws. <laughs> Honestly, this way, if I crash it, I don't owe anyone money. I'm just going to go home and cry a lot. That's awesome. So what are you nervous at all that like hey you take a wrong step here or there and like practice could be really really bad oh my god yes because sorry to put that thought in your head yeah three days no, before the race, it's, but... it's obviously been floating around in my head for a while um i was practicing at road atlanta um late last year and i hit a wall at about 90 and uh putting the car back together after that was not fun on the wallet it was mostly just front end damage but we almost had to replace the front clip I don't really want to repeat that again, but I do know that at short track speeds, the car is probably not destroyed. So, you know, that's one nice thing about short tracks. I do want to just say I was insinuating that the speeds are slower and that you weren't going to duck it into a wall or anything like that. I'm more respectful than people make me out to be sometimes. Rare times, but... The truth of the matter is, is that this is going to be my first oval track um, race, um, that's not on dirt. And I've never tested that car on like a paved oval track. I've only done, uh, as far as oval track racing, I've only done dirt front wheel drive stuff. Cause that's what was available as far as rental cars in my area. That stock car normally lives in my two car garage. I don't have room for another race car. If I would like to remain married. I'm still very jealous that you just have an Arca car in your garage. I kind of, I kind of want that. Like, I don't know if I'd ever like go out and enter like one race, but like, that'd be so cool to just have, have one sitting there. Well, my reasoning at the time was even if the Arca stuff doesn't work out, I can still race it in like amateur road course races. And I'm told there's some more amateur level oval track race series in uh, North Carolina. I think the grand national something or other. Um, so I can still use the car it's not just single purpose. Like depending on how this season goes in the off season, I'm planning on actually doing some amateur road course racing with it. So it gets some use. So if this, if this weekend goes according to plan um, and everything goes smoothly, what is your kind of schedule for the rest of the year? Are you planning on entering more races? 
And I actually have it written on a whiteboard right over there. Um, okay, so July 8th is going to be Mid-Ohio, which I am really looking forward to. I've never been there, but it reminds me a lot of um, the my home track, Barber Motorsports Park. Um, and then after that, it'll be IRP Raceway on July 29th, which will be a short track. And hopefully I'll have gotten a lot of that short track jitters out of the way. So I'd like to, I'd like to be mid-pack. That would be wonderful. Like, that'd be so cool. Um, after that, I'll be at Watkins Glen, assuming gas prices don't go any higher. That's <laughs> a long tow. Right. Um, and then I'm hope, maybe finishing out the season with Dequoin. There maybe might be another race that I can't talk about yet. A lot of it depends on how these five races go. Um, but yeah, that's the plan. Caleb, you got anything for Rita real quick? I definitely understand the uh, making bad financial decisions on race cars. Um, that That's something that I can definitely attest to. I've got one sitting in my driveway right now. Oh my but, God. Uh, well, so this one, um, I have raced for a couple different years, um, raced in like the four cylinder Hornets. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a blast. Um, Caleb really likes, like, Caleb really liked to race on like Saturdays where Connor was traveling or there's a huge event at Knoxville any day that Connor like really, really could not go and watch Caleb race and support him. Uh, that was Aww. how he built his schedule. <laughs> Pretty much. I didn't build the <laughs> schedule, but yeah, you, uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough. There's, there's so much going on and, um, like people don't understand the challenges of getting a car ready every single week, you oh. know? And yeah, it's, it's a lot, especially when you can move 10,000 different parts on that car to, you know, change how it handles just a little bit. Um, the question I was going to ask for you, so you'd mentioned you, you've tested the Arca car, right? So what's some of the differences between, you know, the Miata and the Arca car, as far as driving standpoint, it would be shorter to name the similarities. They both have four wheels and they both have an engine and that's about it. Arca cars are, oh my God, that much horsepower. Like after I started driving that, I had to sell my daily driver Miata or wreck my daily driver Miata and replace it with the must the eight cylinder Mustang because horsepower. It's like a it's like a fast forward button. You can just go anywhere. In the Miata, you have to really plan out your passes and wait for your opponent to make a mistake because the cars are so evenly matched. With that, like, you know, testing it on the track with other normal street cars, I just hit the gas button on the straights and that was pretty cool. Um, it handles a lot different. Um, my braking zones, because it's, I mean, the Miata was 2,400 pounds. This one is 32, 34, somewhere in that range. So my braking zones had to get backed way up. I was uh, blowing the braking zone and having to like wind up in the grass or the gravel wondering why I couldn't make the turn. Um, so that was fun. And then learning to manage the power because with the Miata, either you're on the gas or you're not, there's not a lot of in between, but with the, the stock car, with market car, you've got a lot more than just on all the way or off all the way. You can modulate the power. And I learned the hard way at road Atlanta that if you just hit the gas as hard as you can going into fourth on a damp track and old tires, you're going to spin the rear end and it's going to be a bad time. So yeah, everything's different. Um, but it's, it's a much more challenging car to drive, but it is so much fun. It is worth it. 
my guess is so on road courses, you don't do a lot of like, I mean, it's probably like a lot of on throttle or off throttle. You don't do a whole lot of like in between. And so like on the straights, yes, you know, gas, 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 break for the turn. And then it's a lot like oval track racing. As soon as you make the apex, you're trying to feed the gas in so you can be full power at corner exit. It's the same principle. It's just, you have to, the turns are different and there's a lot of them. I went to a track that had like either 23 or 26 turns. Um, yeah, lots of fun. So then how do you, okay. So in that same concept, what kind of research do you do going into your first, like, you know, asphalt oval, you know, race? Uh, mostly just sit here and be terrified. <laughs> no, uh, you that computer there in the Sparco seat. Um, I have an iRacing simulator and I've been spending a lot of time on that. Oh, watching a lot of videos. There's not a ton of videos of ARCA at Berlin. Um, but I found some from like 2018, I think in 2021. And I watched that and noticed kind of their lines. And I've talked to people with short track experience to just kind of figure out the best way to get around the track. And one thing, because I don't have the Elmore engine, the $50,000 engine that you need to run up front. So I'm on this awesome Chevy SB2 that Bob and Dick Hilly built for me over Amok. But it's a legacy engine. It's not going to be as fast as the, the Elmores. So I'm not going to win unless 10 cars wreck. Now, hold on, um, hold on. So we'll have a small sticker on the car, according to Tim here. I'm guaranteeing yes. you win. So it don't, you don't have to feel like you're letting me down here, but I, I am picking you. <laughs> I am definitely going to have your sticker on my car. I'm going to do the best I can. Um, but taking that pressure off, like when I went into Miata races, I always had in the back of my head, like, Oh my God, I'm going to try to win. And sometimes it wouldn't work out and sometimes it would, but with the car I built, I knew there was a chance of winning with my experience and not having the Elmore engine and not being able to afford new tires. Realistically winning's not an option. So, you know, it's always there a tiny little whisper, but realistically, that's probably not going to happen. My goal is just to finish the race, learn from it and stay out of the other driver's way as best I can by, you know, keeping as much gas as I can, not let it, not being overwhelmed by the 16 other cars all trying to pass on a track smaller than a half mile and uh, just finish the race in one piece. I'll be beside myself thrilled if that happens. Caleb, what's top 10? Caleb, what's the entry list looking like? I have not even got a chance to look yet. Uh, <laughs> I put him on the spot with that. <laughs> we uh, we did a little introductory thing because this is his like uh, first episode doing a podcast with us. I've known Caleb for years. Um, awesome. our, our normal guy couldn't make it tonight, but he's at, he's at a Cardinals game. Out of all baseball oh. teams to choose, like the worst one, but it's okay. We don't blame him for it. Oh, my knowledge of sports is so lacking. That's um, no, that's completely all right. So we have cars. Uh, Alabama football. Um, because I work for the city of Tuscaloosa Police Department, and we have the Alabama Crimson Tide here, which is apparently a huge deal. Um, and sometimes I'll, I will deliberately piss off the fans. They'll be like, "Roll Tide," which is the slogan of the Crimson Tide, and I'll be like, "Go Braves!" <laughs> they always look at me like. Oh, their logos are like virtually the same. You're very close there. 
You'll like this though. Uh, so the same episode we're running this on Thursday morning. Uh, we interviewed Grant Infinger too. He's a huge Alabama fan, really? Alabama native. So really, yeah, well, I can probably get him really good tickets. <laughs> I think he'd love that. I think he, uh, his wife's an Auburn fan, is what he told us. He said that oh. that can get hairy if Auburn's ever as good as Alabama in a given year. Which will probably be a cold day in or cold day in hell. Probably be a cold day in hell. Yeah, you can cuss on here oh. if you want. It's all good. <laughs> we have a very good football team. Um, Nick Saban's done an awesome job. So being uh, for me, Nick Saban. <laughs> so being being a cop uh, and also being a part of the LGBTQ community, um, obviously, like the year of 2020, like the crossroads never really met each other like head on, but obviously there was a lot of detriment on both sides. What was that like? Like, I just wanted to ask like how, how awkward was that, I guess, or how grounded did you feel? Um, just identifying with that. About just like all the um, issues with like racial diversity. Yeah. Just protests and everything going on and, and how crazy yeah. it is so and how difficult it is to be a cop as well. It's a challenge because it could probably be argued that I'm the most liberal person in my department. Um, I can see both sides. Um, I think a lot of people want to pretend that the racial issues um, that have happened in the United States are so far in the past that it doesn't matter, but they're not. Like, if my dad were alive, I mean, he was born in 1939. So he'd be able to tell you about what life was like in the fifties and sixties and seventies. And that was just my dad. I don't, you know, my dad older than most people was, but, um, so it's just not that far in the past. And I think the, the issues facing a, a lot of the minority communities are because of stuff that happened not that far in the past. And, and I think people say black lives matter because historically, they haven't mattered as much. Um, I'm not a fan of, of the violence, um, but that's just because I've seen the police end of it. Thankfully, in Tuscaloosa, we didn't have to deal with that. We had protests, but they were peaceful. We stood by and made sure cars didn't run over them and the roads were cleared and that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I just I hate seeing anyone get hurt. Um, I always I like to think that's all preventable. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a fantastic point of view. I didn't know how much, how many protests and, and what happened at them that you guys had. There was, I think one or two days in Des Moines that got pretty hairy and yeah, it just like you said, it's, it's, it stinks, you know, seeing anyone have any harm caused to them, no matter, you know, where they're at or, or what they're doing. So. Absolutely. Caleb, I feel like it's I haven't gotten... Oh, you're good. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. What's okay. fun is being a queer cop. Um, that's been interesting. I'm the only, oh, well, we actually have a, a female a motorcycle officer. She just got promoted to motors. Um, so she writes tickets and rides a motorcycle all day. And she is gay. Um, she is awesome. And then. Not surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And then there's me. And as far as woman. I mean, I hate it. I'm, as far as people who are open about it, I think that might be it. There's a few people in the department who have come up to me and talked about their sexuality and confidence. And of course, I respect that. Um, but people who are open 
And they're just not very many. It's, you know, it's a police department in the deep south. It'd almost be, I mean, you could say the same for motorsports, essentially. I mean, that's a lot how it is. You know, there's a couple that are out, but really in, you know, the top end of motorsports, we don't have that. And there's a lot of questions of if, you know, the industry would be accepting and, um, you know, did, does that go through your mind at all too in the motorsports world? Yes. Um, before this year, I've always been selectively out. Like I, I would tell people if it came up in conversation, my husband knows, obviously my girlfriend knows, but it wasn't like something that I just broadcast. I didn't really wear a lot of pride stuff except during pride month, that kind of stuff. Um, but when I, I, I realized how few openly, um, queer women there are in motorsports, I was like, you know what? There are probably so many young men and women out there who want to race cars, who want to get involved in NASCAR, but they watch on TV and they just don't see where they're welcome. And I was hoping maybe I could help change that. I mean, I'm probably not going to make it to the cup series, but maybe there's like some 10 year old watching TV who might hear about me or see it and go, Oh, that's something I can do and start racing go-karts and, you know, maybe 10 years later, they might make it to the cup series. I mean, I I think any representation matters, you know, like it might only be that 4,100 people see you or, you know, something like that, but you know, somebody is seeing that. After I uh, uh, did the little press release where I I came out, um, I, I had people contact me and they're like, that's so cool. I didn't know there was anyone like me in motorsports. And now, you know, they watch it. They're more involved. They're fans. Um, whereas before they just didn't feel like there was a place for them. I, I get a lot of people who are like, well, that doesn't matter. Your sexuality has nothing to do with driving the car. And that's true. The car doesn't care, but the people watching do. And until people, until that doesn't matter, then it matters if that makes sense. Yeah. I think, uh, when I was, when I like finally decided to come out, I think it was because I wanted to wear it on my sleeve and say that like, you know, if there's a kid in the closet, that's like struggling with it and like doubting that any of his friends are going to care. I came out to like probably 40, 45 people in my fraternity before I told everybody. And I didn't have one kid. I didn't have one kid ever like say like, screw you. Don't talk to me. You know, anything, any of my fears that, you know, irrational or not, to uh, the common person. Like, I feel like that's what like the whole month and the rainbow logos and everything like that is, you know, representative of, cause you have, to... sorry, my neighbor is like hitting a bat against the <laughs> wall or something over there. Oh, got distracted. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, you know, the logos and stuff and people are like, well, no one, no one cares that much. Why are they flaunting it? And I don't think anything's about flaunting it. I think it's just, you know, letting the closeted people know that like, it's okay. And everyone's got each other's back. And I think that's probably the coolest part of seeing everything, uh, at this time in history, uh, and where it's gone. So when we got, when I got the message, uh, to asking if we didn't interview you, I was thrilled about it because I mean, that's, you know, right up my alley. So that's awesome. Caleb, I yeah, feel like I, I haven't let you talk a lot. So no, you're all good. I off. was super excited too. When, when he uh, messaged me and, and told me like, I was super excited um, because, you know, we've got a couple, um, you know, gay men, you know, that I know of that are in the, you know, ARCA NASCAR type wrong. 
Um, I was telling him about another podcast I listened to today. Um, and they had a gay, uh, drag racer. Um, but you know, I've, I've not heard of any women out there yet. So, um, yeah. And I've noticed that. I don't know if it's because there are so few women in motorsports to start with that, you know, just the odds are slim or if it's that because female drivers record that catering to the male gaze is probably a good way to get views and sponsorships. And if they come out, maybe they might lose that. I don't know. Right. Probably- yeah. I mean, that's, we need more women. We need more, you know, LGBT representation. Um, and, and to kind of add on to what you guys were talking about too, a lot of people, you know, will say that whole, you know, just don't shove it in my face or whatever. And, you know, you don't need to come out and all that stuff. Meanwhile, they kiss their, you know, opposite gender spouse and know that's not. Yeah. How many, how many years did we have? How many years did we have a trophy girl kissing the NASCAR cup series winner in victory land? Right. I gotta be honest. I'm pretty okay with that. Oh, I know. I am too. (laughs) My girlfriend would kill me. (laughs) But yes, yes. It's like, Originally, my girlfriend was going to make it to Berlin Raceway, but she couldn't because she couldn't take off work. And I was like, that would be awesome for her to be there. And her help strap me into the car and give me a little kiss for good luck. Just like, you know, guys have their wives or girlfriends out there. I think that would be awesome to show that it's normal. We're normal. We're everyday people. Right. Well, and that's the thing, too, is when you are in motorsports, you're with the same group of people pretty much, you know, week in, week out. And so when you're that, you know, close to people, you do share your personal life. You do share your stories, your home life. And if you feel like you can't share that part of you to the people you're around, you're not really you. And that is a huge part of it. Yeah. So the only other queer um, NASCAR driver I was able to find raced in the 70s. And she was never officially out. Like her girlfriend never came to the track. People just kind of knew it about her. She was actually an F1 driver and she raced like half a race in like the Daytona 500, I think. Um, And then went back to F1 racing. But yeah, that's the only one I was able to find. And I did a lot of research and I was like, that can't be. But I think. Did you try to contact her at all? Oh no, I think she's long since deceased. Oh, well, I feel bad now. I mean, I could try, but I need like a Ouija board. And... I was going to say, I was going to ask if you tried with a Ouija board. Oh, goodness. I guess that was 50 years ago. Yeah, it doesn't feel like, you know, that was 50 years ago. I was born in 83. I keep thinking that the 90s were like 10 years ago. And I'm gay. Yeah. I can be bad at math, right? Like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's a good stereotype to... We can always that, yeah. says, He's like, you're a girl, you can't do math and you can't parallel park. And I'm like, <laughs> not true. Maybe a little. Okay, yeah, I'm looking get- at the entry list. I mean, there's some, there's some big names in there too. So, I mean, it's going to be a competitive field. Yep. I am a little, I mean, I won't, I won't lie. I am like equal part terrified and excited. Um, I was kind of hoping that since it was Berlin, it was way off in Michigan and historically doesn't have a high car count. This would be a good place to like start. And then I saw that there were 17 cars and I was like, all right, I can do this. Yeah. Unfortunately for you, Arca has definitely been 
putting in the work and, um, you know, slowly been growing. So it's good for them, but yeah, you, you got to beat the best to be the best though. So it'll be good. You're for right. Kayla, who's, uh, who's the names in the race? Sammy Smith running. Yep. Sammy Smith is in there. Jesse love is in there. Taylor gray. Um, Nick Sanchez, Raja Caruth. They'll be uh, up there for sure. Um, just going to be kind of what there's been some guys that have struggled with that short track setup. So um, it'll be kind of whoever can figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. What's crazy is I am old enough to be some of those guys, mother. It <laughs> wouldn't even be weird. I would have had them like at 20. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and then there's some guys in the field that are probably old enough to be your My dad. dad for sure. So yes. My plan is to ride around with like, I think DL Wilson is there. Brad Smith is going to be there. Let's try and stay. Brad Smith is a legend. Yes. I love Brad. I've only talked to him once. I guarantee you he doesn't know who I am, but there's a, he gets a top five or a top three every season. And it is the most electric game. He goes to every race. Yeah. Every damn race. It's fantastic. You would never guess how old he was or anything from that from just looking at his car you'd be like that guy doesn't have any business being here and he's running like he'll like walk into a top five and you're just like this is like the coolest story yeah yeah he's uh running on a shoestring budget like me um doesn't have fastest equipment but i love how he never gets into trouble on the track he's polite he's fast enough that he isn't like a rolling chicane he's not a danger but he knows he's not as fast as these more expensive cars but he manages to politely let them pass. I'm going to try to follow him around all day. That, that's, that's a, thing. it's a huge quality too. I know, like, I don't think there's anything more frustrating than I guess when I was watching as a kid and a lapper takes out your favorite driver. Um, I remember yeah. who was it? Was it Ryan Newman took out the Benedetto at Bristol? Exactly. When he was going to get a win. It didn't take him out, but definitely did not assist him in anything. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't take <laughs> him out. He did all but that. But <laughs> and especially on my first race, I don't want to be that girl that causes Daniel Dye to lose his first place finish and crash his car. That is not the reputation that I want. So, yeah, I'm yeah, just. You don't, have, like, you don't have any nuts that he's going to punch in defense of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just want to air that out there. If you've paid enough attention to that story, you get the joke. If not, it doesn't seem like Daniel Dye was in the wrong because he wouldn't have gotten put back into the sport if he was. So I don't think he did do anything that. wrong there. And I don't, I don't at all air any grievances with him. I did just want to make a joke though. It is. It is funny. It is funny. Um, I, I yeah, think I if he plays that. into it, he could be the most popular driver in NASCAR history. Just put the nutcracker yeah. above the driver door. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That could be his thing, you know. Then you run a Christmas Daniel scheme every year. Kenyatta. Yeah. We should just mark Ross it for Daniel Dye. He can just bust out like a big old Christmas nutcracker and be like. That'd be What if you just like a hockey stick, take like a fake Christmas tree that you'd get at Lowe's and just break it over your knee every time you win. <laughs> If I, if for some strange reason, the stars align and I got super duper lucky and 20 people wrecked and there's not even 20 cars on track and I won, I would just cry. Like there, there would be like, no, I'd like to thank God and my sponsors and all this. I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm 
it would if be you nice. win, we expect you to shotgun a beer in victory lane. I, I could do that. Sweet. All right. <laughs> got that penciled in too. That's, I've got a to-do list here. I've checked out almost everything for you. <laughs> I'm just really hoping that over time I can find business partners who like my vision and want to get on board and get new tires and the Elmore engine and be able to upgrade our team to where I can run for top tens and without having to get lucky. Um, and you know, I can be competitive. That's, that's the goal. But as of right now, uh, Rita Thomason racing is funded by Rita Thomason's four off duty jobs and the city of Tuscaloosa's overtime budget. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think a lot of people can respect what you do. And I hope that we just allow more people to see it, uh, with this. And then we'll have a story up on the website before the race on Thursday or Friday and all awesome. that stuff. So we hope, we hope you do, uh, as good as you can. I just hope I don't wreck and I don't cause anyone else to wreck. If I can, if I can put the car on the trailer in the same condition, I took it off and not screw up anyone else's day. I'm going to consider that a win in my book. And if I make a top 10, I might have champagne. Absolutely. Like, I I, won. <laughs> the last thing I did want to see, did you see NASCAR's uh, new line of shirts that they came out with? That's a yes, yes. car on them. I love them. Oh my God. No, I did not see that one. I saw the, the pride hats and I bought one and it hasn't come in yet. And I have the pride church from 2022, but I haven't seen the yes car. I think they just posted it on social media about two hours ago, like very, very new. So I, I love, go buy that. I love seeing that. I'm, I'm going to have to go buy one. I got three people that messaged me like you've bought yours already, right? <laughs> They're going to say no. They had notable gays modeling them on their social media too. They did. So. Devin Rouse, um, who's friends with us, yes. kind of. Uh, we both do we know do we know Dylan separately, Caleb? I've Devin? done a couple stories on him. I think he's racing the Knoxville truck race that will all be uh, at Saturday. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm waiting for confirmation. I mean, he's posted about it, but then he would, I haven't seen him on the entry list yet. Yeah, and I, I could. He's only the second openly gay man to run a NASCAR. Yep. I think, I think you're right from what I remember when I wrote that story last year. Cause I think, awesome. I think the other guy either made one top three series start or one Arca start or something. I have no clue what the parameters of it, I, were. but it was like a while I ago. I, I don't, it was, I don't remember his name, um, but I think he ran in the series. I'm not sure. Um, I know we talked about wanting one again, and I'm not sure if that actually happened for him or not. Yeah. It's going to be tough to come out as a gay man in NASCAR. People just think it's such a masculine sport, and having a gay men in NASCAR might challenge their idea of what NASCAR is. I think well, the, the older fan base absolutely hates it. Yeah. Well, we know that. I spent uh, part of the day at work today fighting people in the Facebook comments. <laughs> On, on NASCAR's post with the Caleb, we got, I need to get Damon on you because Damon Damon sends me paragraph long text messages when he gets drunk about how I shouldn't be spending time arguing with Facebook commenters uh, and it's an addiction I have because they're so easy to out stupefy yeah, yeah. When, I, when I posted that I was out on Facebook I ran a Facebook ad to try and reach more people 
And oh my God, I had to block and delete some comments because they were awful. And I didn't want the people who were supporting me to see that and think that I was okay with that being there. But I got in some petty, petty arguments. And a lot <laughs> of it was, it just doesn't matter. Keep it to yourself. Um, you're just trying to get attention, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, well, of course you're trying to get attention. Everyone in NASCAR is trying to get it to every, everyone with a public platform is trying to get attention. That is like the game. I, you know, like sometimes people bring up arguments like that and I just feel like, yeah. Okay. What about Ty Gibbs going all glory to God? Thanks. Monster energy. He's trying to get attention. Like that's the same, you know, everyone's trying to get attention like that's what they're doing and whether it's by stats or, or by what they say and their personality i think i root for guys especially now that i'm like writing about the sport and stuff my favorite drivers are the ones that like i have good interviews with and we have good chemistry or it turns into a friendship or something like that but that's all personality stuff and it's never like fake and you can tell okay what? It's it's not all personality stuff. Michael and that's the greatest driver of all time, and I've talked to him like um, seventeen times on occasion. Okay. I think it's important to be a good driver, but being a good driver is only part of it. It's the whole package. There are amazing short track drivers out there right now running at their local that are never going to go any further because they don't have the sponsorship, or they don't have the drive, or they don't have the personality. It's all of it, and you know I. I don't know if I have the talent yet, but I've got, you got everything else. So we're right there. <laughs> yes. Knocking on the door. Yep. Fingers crossed. I got to get through this year, get some skill, uh, learn what I need to work on. And then hopefully in 2023, I'll be able to run like a solid, like half a season, you know, funding permits. I like it. Small goals first. And then if there's surprises, then you yep. make jumps, right? Yep, and I'm not planning on giving up my day job. Um, I've got nine and a half years till I can retire as a police sergeant. But if things were to work out and I was able to make a living racing, oh, that would be amazing. You could have a cop paint scheme. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of going for that a little bit with the blue and black. Um, I was going for like a modification of the thin blue line with just like a lighter blue because I'm really not a super huge fan of navy blue. And I really wanted to get my department on board, um, but the legal department shot that down. Um, something about a conflict of interest if I found private sponsors. It's a conflict. And, yeah. But I thought it would have been like an you're on the same tool. side. <laughs> exactly. I thought it been an amazing tool to reach people, you know, potential recruits, and to be able to use my platform to show that police are human too. Um, when people meet me and they don't know I'm a cop, no one ever guesses that I'm a cop. I get flight attendants sometimes. Oh, geez. <laughs> I was going to say the next thing you got to do then, if they won't let you do the cop scheme, you just paint the whole thing in rainbow. Yeah. So I thought about that. Um, I just want to say, if you're going to do a rainbow car, Jeff Gordon's rainbow car, I probably should have found out I was gay at like four years old. Cause my dad <laughs> tried to raise me as a Dale Earnhardt fan. And I saw Jeff Gordon's car go across the screen. I was like, that car looks way more cool than that black speck of dust yes i, I, I yes. he had a great paint scheme <laughs> but I, thought, I was also like trying to hold back a cough i'm not but you don't even go for like the jeff gordon like rainbow though i was just thinking you just do like these ugly stripes just across the car like it'll just like be spray, rolling spray paint can yeah just like <laughs> rolling rainbow stripes <laughs> 
Now I thought about it when I was initially, you know, we're still trying to find paid sponsors. We, we do have some people coming on board who are willing to offer like goods and services. Like uh, one company is, I guess, catering the lunch at Berlin, stuff like that. But I didn't really, I wasn't sure about alienating like a whole, cause it's a challenge being a queer cop because the people that like that I'm queer don't like that I'm a cop. And the people that like that I'm a cop don't like that I'm queer. And I was worried about just going full one way or the other. Cause I was like, well, what if I find someone who likes thin blue line stuff and wants to sponsor me on that, but my car is already rainbow colored. But if I don't know, I'm probably just going to do like a rainbow theme for next year. Cause that's a great, right way, that's a great way to put it just in general. Um, yeah. I would do one-off schemes if you, I mean, obviously like wrapping it is you got to find a sponsor that has a wrapping company and go from there, I guess. Yes. I, I've been using CGS vinyl and Pelham and they quoted, are they charging me like 2,800 bucks to wrap the car, which is insanely cheap. Um, but I'm not sure they would do it for free. Um, maybe they do it for cost of materials. I could talk to them. They're just, they have no issues with getting customers because they do amazing work. Um, you have to book them out like four months in advance. So I don't know if there's a lot of benefit for them to be on the side of my car because they're not really, they don't have any room for any more customers, but eh, it's worth a conversation. Yeah. It's always tough. Yeah. I'm always one that, I mean, I like to just stick with like the middle ground of stuff and I, I could never be like that flashy type of, Oh, but when you, when you're a female cop already, you learn that you stand out. There's no blending in. And I've just kind of accepted the fact that I, I got like a thing on my wall over there that says I was not made to be subtle. And that's probably pretty accurate. I think I, I could rock a rainbow car and like a rainbow fire suit and just get booed. But it'll be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't, I, I think, I think the tide's turning a little bit. I don't think you'd get booed. I don't know. People boo Buck Wallace so bad. And you can't tell me that there's not more than just his driving there. Oh, th but they'll all tell you that they're not racist. <laughs> when he wrecked. I just don't um, like him as a driver, man. Come on. Oh my God. When that guy, I've never met him in person. I've seen him a couple times in the garage and I was like, Oh my God, that's Buck Wallace. That's so cool. But um, when he wrecked at Talladega, I was watching the race stands, and he happened to wreck like right in front of my section. And he got out of the car, and he took a second, put his hands on his knees to catch his breath, and he got booed, like loudly booed from my section. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed to be here. I mean, who boos an injured driver? Like, he just had a wall doing faster than any of you guys have ever done. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean it's still out there and it, it sucks that it is. Um, especially like with what happened with Bubba and I was doing an impression if anyone thought, cause I love Bubba. One of my favorite stories, I was interviewing, uh, Noah Gregson, uh, at Iowa Speedway in 2019. And he's a young kid at the time, just chilling. I think he, Caleb, were you got that race? Did he just win the Xfinity pole? I, I don't remember. I think he had, but he had, ran a race or talked about running a race for Mason Mitchell or filling in for him or something, or had filled in for him in the past. And so we were talking about that shooting the shit kind of, you know, while we're doing the interview and Bubba comes by him uh, and just taps him on the shoulder and goes, Hey, nice job. Nice run, buddy. And he goes, Holy shit, man. Bubba Wallace just said hi to me. Like, that's so cool. And I was just like, like, that's sweet to see like that. Like, 
people look up to people and it does matter. And I think Bubba Wallace is like one of the best role models that you could give any kid with what he's been through and, and what, what has happened there. Absolutely. I wish him the absolute best of luck. Hopefully he'll win a race. That's not Rand Jordan. So he can be like, screw you guys. See, it didn't matter. Yeah. I still better pick crew. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to have to throw out all the, all the mean jokes on this thing. I I mean, I can't even, if you have Denny Hamlin here right now, he would tell you the same thing. I think he would. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's an easy fix though. That's usually like kind of what I come across. Um, And I'll take this back to you, Rita. Like, it won't be an easy fix if you're very slow in practice, right? What it what is your kind of plan going into the weekend with that and looking at things like kind of just seeing where you're at in practice first and then what's what's kind of your plan? What's the first thing you would go to to change or is it all case by case basis? I'd say it's a case by case basis. I know the first I know that's a tough car, question, yeah. It is. The first time I get in the car, I'm always nervous. Like no matter what I get in the car, I'm nervous. And after a few laps, I go, Oh yeah, I've done this before. This is fun. Um, so once I get the jitters out, I'm just going to work on my, probably my, um, exit speed, exit speed is entry speed. Entry speed is one of the safest things to work on. Um, and then corner exit speed, and then I looked at the, the pole speed and it's an average of like 95 miles an hour. And I have to be within 20% of that. So I have to be about 75 miles an hour, give or take. So that's going to be my goal is to try to hit 75 on the front straights and the back straight, although it's really just a circle and um, try and keep my corner, my corner speed up and uh, see where I'm at. And uh, if I, if I'm not fast enough, I'm not fast enough. And thankfully it's only a three and a half hour drive for Alex and his gang. And I'll learned a lot and hopefully be a lot faster at a road course where I'm more comfortable. Um, I'm just going to do my plan is to stay out and practice as long as I can. I know a lot of people do just four or five laps. They come in, think about it, go back out, but I'm just going to try and get as much track time as I can, even if, you know, have to pay a little extra for gas. Well, and you've, you've talked about kind of, uh, you know, with having someone you identify with in the sport and how big that is to fans and some of those fans and how much they pay attention. I don't think I've ever been more intrigued for an ARCA practice session. <laughs> oh, I hope it goes well. I, I know as soon as I get in the car, I'm going to be overwhelmed. The lights, the noise, the other cars, there's going to be 16 other cars on track doing the same thing as me and who are much better than me. But I'm just hoping that I can get myself together and focus on the driving and improve my speed enough where I can qualify and stay out of everyone's way and small, reasonable goals. I think given this is my first pavement oval track race ever and my first ARCA race, small, reasonable goals. And if for some reason I don't qualify, um, it's going to suck, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Hopefully, you know, we can get maybe Alex in my car or they'll let me do a couple laps and park it. Um, that way we can still get credit for the race. We'll see. I think you should, as long as you make a qualifying lap, because I mean, they can't, they can't bump you just from practice. Um, 
and, and you should have the opportunity to qualify and they won't be sending anybody home. So yeah, you should, as long as the car, everything goes well, you should be able to at least start. Yeah. And as long as I can at least start, the team will get credit for the race. Uh, Cause we're doing our best to run all 20 races and across three to four different drivers on a shoestring budget. Oh my God. It is, it is challenging. Who else has uh, driven the car? If I can ask my car, the club, or, the club motorsports entry, oh, I guess. Um, so Josh white, um, fighting Marine has raced it at Charlotte. And I think he's supposed to race Springfield and Bristol. And then Alex had it. And then I think they're working out. I think Michael Klein, uh, who recently came out, um, yeah, fr- I was just texting Tim. I'm friends with Michael. He's awesome. We're trying to get something worked out uh, before the end of the month here uh, for him. He's he's a great kid, too. I watched uh, yeah. Xfinity race with him, I think, on our Bristol trip last year. Uh, and he's just he's just very, like, fun and enjoyable to be around. Oh, yeah. We got to from the Charlotte race, and, and he mentioned um, that he was part of the uh, but he hadn't yet, you know, officially come out, but he was like, just really happy that he wasn't the only one. And I was like, Oh, this is doing <laughs> some good. Um, and then I think they're talking with uh, maybe another road course driver. I don't know if anything's official yet to also run some of the road courses with me. You guys have a hell of a team with credential wise and in your different backgrounds and everything. Um, and yeah. at the same time, you're, you're going as grassroots as it gets kind of on the asphalt side. I know we, we are around dirt racing. Our website at least is around dirt racing a lot more. Um, and you see a lot of the grassroots stuff, but when you see it in NASCAR, it's so much harder to break through, uh, and get up there. So watching you guys do this is like insane to me. It's awesome. It's so fun. And hopefully other people will see it and go, Oh, well I can, I can maybe do that. That'd be awesome. Like you don't need a multi-million dollar budget and your last name doesn't need to be Earnhardt or Gibbs to go out and have a good time. You don't need to encourage me to do that. That's, no. <laughs> There's probably a seat for you. I, so I have someone was talking to me about this. I don't want to mention his name or anything, but uh, he was like, would you ever like take some laps in a car and, and see how it went? And I said, I think it'd be an insult to the people I write about because I know how talented they are. Um, and I'm not great on the PlayStation. I'm decent. When I play Damon, I don't lose to Damon though. We've played a few times. I did not lose a single race. I tried to wreck him once and then I lost that one. So I don't count that though. That was a self forfeit. Um, the only thing I would like hop behind the wheel of and say like, yeah, I'll try it out is like probably a monster truck or a go-kart or something like something that monster jam also like doesn't have results or points or anything. They just like go out and put on a show aside from three days a year. That's another gripe I have. They need to freaking fix that anyways. Uh, yeah, that's about the only thing I would like feel comfortable like trying out because I feel like it's really hard to wreck a monster truck and I'm not insulting anyone by taking away like testing laps that some other kid that's actually trying to chase a career in racing could take. Have you thought about doing the NASCAR racing experience? I, so I've rode in one of those cars. Um, I would do it. Like if, if all my friends were going and doing it for a weekend, I would do that. Uh, and that'd be a fun, like thing to try out. I just don't think like, 
at all that I'd be good. And I'd definitely be back. I know those cars like go like 66% of what a normal car would go. So I feel like either I'd be way too confident after that, or I would back it off a lot because I'm not paying for the wrecked car that I would inevitably wreck. I had prepaid for one before I got my car and I wound up having to wait to use it because they kept getting rained out. Um, and I went to Talladega and I did like 32, 36 minutes or something like that. I think and Talladega would be easier because you don't really have to take your foot off the gas. I still think I'd end up in the wall. I don't think like I tried racing like drunk as shit with my buddy and I could not get yeah. around Bristol dirt without spinning out in a cup. Maybe it was the drunk part that didn't help. I think it was. I, I'm right there with you, but I... <laughs> I was like, if I can't do this drunk, I'm I'm not going to be that great sober. Those cars are easy to drive. I was bored. That yeah. <laughs> I was bored. They gave me the certificate and they claimed that I did 175 miles an hour. But I looked at my video and did the math, and I think I was doing like 145. I don't know. They're pumping that. numbers there. Oh my god! What isn't corrupt in this country, Caleb? You can't believe anything anymore. No, not I can't believe this is that's I'll, I'll lead the podcast with that. Richard Petty experiences pumping numbers. So we need I, an investigation. You're a cop. You can investigate. <laughs> I don't think it's illegal. Uh, so I don't I think, think it is either, but I want the bad PR that they would take from it. So I don't know. I think they do some weird formula where they take like the fastest part of your lap and they act maybe like that was the entire lap, like maybe they just do like an A to B measurement. I'm not quite sure how they do the math, but I, I was driving and I was all like, I've done 140 before in a patrol car. This isn't 140 or you know, this is like 140. This isn't faster than that. And then they gave me a certificate and I was like, man, I would love to be able to brag and say I did 175, but that's just not likely. And then, you know, I calculated my own lap time and it was pretty crude because I was timing it from the video. But I'm like, that's nah, not 175. It just doesn't feel like 175. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll wrap this up in a sec. I did. I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. So this is my last question. If Caleb, if sure. you have any, fired off after this. Do you have any crazy police chase stories? <sighs> I feel like that you can tell is a good segue of the back end <laughs> of the question, but. A couple fun ones. Um, so I'm on my third marriage. Um, my second ex-husband works for the same department as me. And um, we had one chase, my very first chase. And it wasn't like a fast chase. It was just this guy who didn't stop. He would stop at the red lights. And every time I tried to get out of my car, he would just take off on the green light. <laughs> like, I'm like, my lights are going, my sirens are going. He's not stopping. He's doing mental gymnastics out here. He was really drunk. <laughs> really drunk. But my ex-husband wound up throwing out spike strips. Um, and that's why he stopped. And when we stopped the car, when he finally stopped, he refused to unlock the windows because he, he was eating a Subway sandwich. So I shouldn't laugh at this. Glass. This sounds like a bad thing, but. We had to break the glass, get him out of the car and interrupt his sandwich eating. I'm sure that was the most thing he was worried about was the sandwich at the time. I think it was because that's what he was, you know, we had just spiked his car, blown out his tires, stopped on the side of the interstate. 
And he locked his doors and was just sitting there munching on a sandwich. And I'm like, weird, but okay. Respect. <laughs> oh man. Caleb, you got any more? I think I'm pretty much out. I'm excited. Um, unfortunately, probably not going to get to watch much for Berlin because um, I think it's also Saturday. Uh, same time we'll probably be at Knoxville, but definitely going to have to keep out, keep a lookout, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how you do this weekend. Well, if you have flowracing.com, um, I know they're going to have the replay on there. Um, so I think they'll have it on live too. They will. Absolutely, I think they'll have yeah. it live. And I know there'll be audio audio live for sure on the ARCA Racing website. Some of us always... don't have unlimited data though. So like we'll just have to, you know, replay it. That's okay. I'll be glued to it. I'll text you, Caleb. I that's so I cover so many series and stuff. Like it's just a habit for me. Like if there's a race, like there's a race going on right now, you've seen me get up a couple of times. I was going and sending tweets and checking and making sure Christopher Bell wasn't winning by three laps or anything like that. But we'll, cool. well, we'll be glued to it. So yeah. Thank you for coming on. We'll have you on again. You were a joy to talk to. So I want to, I want to get to know you and all that. We want you to race at Iowa next year in the Arca race. As long as those assholes don't schedule it during the damn World of Allies race in Knoxville. <laughs> 45 minutes away. I'll be there either way. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Caleb, will, Caleb will meet you through me. Or vice versa. But yes, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. You were fantastic. Yes, this was so much fun. I definitely want to get up with y'all again after the race. And uh, we can talk about how it went. Absolutely. We'll figure, we'll figure it out and we'll, uh, we'll do that. Awesome. Thank you, guys.